after buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz We're talking all things Turn Up Charlie today on the AfterBuzz After Show for Turn Up Charlie, Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2. Uh, I'm Tehran. I will be a host alongside Princess. Hey guys, nice to Oh. I'm excited to be here next to Princess because all we've heard is great things about Princess. Even Edris Alba talks about you. And that's how it goes. <laughs> and, and one of the most interesting things that you brought up to me as we started is that Edris Alba is actually a real DJ. Mm-hmm. As we will find out in Turn Up Charlie, how good a DJ Edris Alba is. We're going to talk about Edris Alba himself. How can we ignore that? Because that's the whole basis of the show. The creator and star of the show. We have Charlie, Charlie's career, Charlie's living situation, the wedding, Auntie's house, because if you know about Auntie's, you know about the house, Dell and other characters that come to play, and of course, David, Sarah, and Gabrielle. Going into episode two, we're going to talk about Charlie as a nanny. Charlie's parents come to play. We go to a party, and that's exciting, and of course, we're going to talk a lot more about Gabrielle and Charlie and their dynamic and relationship as well. Let's get right into some Turn Up Charlie season one. Overall thoughts of the show. Um, yeah, I think it's. I'm afraid it might go in direction where you have this guy who's like lifetime bachelor, and suddenly he meets this kid. Parent part of. So I'm hoping that it kind of stares away from the tradition arc, but we'll see. Well, it's interesting that you feel that way, Princess, because I actually wanted it to go into this traditional arc, and I'll tell you why. Oh, I, I was actually, I, I was mildly surprised. I went into the show with very little to no expectations and mm-hmm. came back very, uh, it, it was it was very adorable, it was very cute, it was it's very cute. Edris Alba, the show. It was, the only thing I didn't buy was Idris Alba himself, and I'll get into that <laughs> in many ways. But overall, I just really like the flow and direction of the show. Mm-hmm. It, I found myself laughing out loud. It's really I, cute. It was very, it was a very fun show. It, it's definitely easy, easy on the eyes, easy to watch. The interaction is very believable in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't find Idris Alba believable is not because of the act, acting acumen, which clearly he does, mm-hmm. and not because of Idris Alba himself which he clearly plays, is because Edris Alba is such a dynamo that it's hard for me to believe that he's not successful. Mm. And it was hard for me to picture his parents kind of being so... They almost look the same age, because it's almost as if they're trying to make Edris Alba seem younger than he is uh, in the show. Like, he's playing... I feel like he's playing 30-something when we feel like he's 40-something. And it's uh, uh, that dynamic changes it a little. Yeah, they could have done something because you see lots of... I feel like... If that, I mean, that's not what they're, they haven't spoken about, but that's where I'm, I find it the most believable. Yeah, I think they, yeah, that's. 
And that's the only reason. But other than that, I thought the show was amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, it's just hard for me to picture Edris Alba as anything but Edris Alba and successful yes. and just doing things, right? So other than that, I was actually, uh, I'm a fan of the show. Now, is it mind-blowing? Is it going to change your change your life? Is it is it curb your enthusiasm or anything like that? No, no, it's not. It's a very traditional-minded yeah. sitcom, but a new take on things. And the writing was not spectacular, but extremely Fun, easy, and cute. It's a great show to have on yeah. and to watch, and I hope that we have much more. Let's discuss Edris Alba. Okay. You said the grace. I'm I'm hurt that you brought up Edris Alba's grace. <laughs> I mean, how perfect can this guy get? I mean, his bicep is the size of my I'm my not my body. Saying anything against Idris? I just kind of agreed with what you were saying that he doesn't look like in his thirties. The one in his thirties. Sure, if you did the makeup for it, but we all know that he's not. He looks more sure than even. So I think maybe they could have just done a better job with it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What did portray? But maybe. Um, no, and I do feel like kind of the way. Uh, I feel like that probably contributes. But otherwise, like amazing. He's so handsome. Actor. So issues with it. And the only reason I bring up the 30s is because the way the show works is mm -hmm. if they're in their 30s, right? And I'm saying mid to late 30s. Yeah. If we're hitting the 40s mark, it almost makes the character unredeemable. You're you're now past the wave, and if you wasted all your money on on drugs and women, mm -hmm. so to speak at this point, it's kind of like you're, a, you're out of yeah. Exactly. But when you're in your 30s, you still have you still have that flair, and I'm not saying that people. I'm not an ageist where I'm saying people can't <laughs> get it back. I'm mm -hmm. just saying it just makes more sense no, in this context of the show, uh, given the age of Gabriel being around that eight nine. I think she's 10. eleven. Are we getting up to eleven? You yeah. know, like what? How? However, just that age range. So yeah. I'm I'm feeling like that thirty nine year old spot, right? Yeah. Also, because, once again, it is very difficult to separate Idris Alba, the movie star, and mm -hmm. Idris Alba, the dynamo, from Idris Alba, the failing, unsuccessful DJ. Uh, I think, to me, the best actors are able to body it at any point in life. So, to me, I guess because I'm a fan of just acting, and well, that didn't really... Like that didn't really. Well, it it's just really because I I knew that he created this, and it's almost like right. a story that's supposed to be based on him in some ways. In that regards, as mm -hmm. as we were discussing earlier, he's an actual DJ, and he's right. going to be DJing at Coachella. You told me. Yeah. So and then he also like worked on. We'll get into it later with the news, but a project coming up. So. This is his passion. Yeah. It's his passion, yeah. and, and and we just have him doing that. And I really, I I would have just been if it was someone a little. Younger, maybe worked out, but everything so else. Maybe if they had cast someone younger, or if they had done the show five years ago, you know, because uh, I can't see anyone but Idris Alba working this role because mm -hmm. it's such a natural 
natural role for him. So I'm so torn with this. Like, mm-hmm. I hate the fact that I'm bringing up and I'm nitpicking such a insignificant yet significant part of the show. Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes makes for something that does catch my eye. And there are times where that plays. And, I, and the one I spe- specified was the time where he was talking to his parents mm-hmm. and the dad and him didn't look like they were father and son, but more like brothers. That's what I think that I would make. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think it. You know, I don't want to die. Oh, because you haven't turned gray yet. Go on. No, I mean, <laughs> anyway, like I, Black Panther when uh, when Angela Bassett had the white dread, I thought it was. Oh. But I think that that was an issue that parents. He was also playing like grandma. Anyway, the concept is this. The concept is, Idris Alba, you did an amazing job. You did. Overall, definitely an A. All across the board. I, I feel like you Alba's yeah. Idris Alba. Let, let's be fair. And here's another thing about the show. No Idris Alba, to me, no show. He's just really? such a charming, charismatic character in the he show. Is. From the moment that we see him, from the get-go, from the dynamic between him and Dell, who's the best friend, cousin character that we see living mm-hmm. in the auntie house, from that get-go, and there are such great moments in that, which we will break down when we talk about the characters. Um, I just, like, we can't separate Edris from Charlie because they are one and the same. So, how did you feel about Charlie? Let's take out the Edris album, Charlie as a person. I think, once again, I, I've seen this character before. It's a common archetype. Right. But I will say that I appreciate the fact that I, I feel like maybe because he's Nigerian or he's of African, like, I feel like he values family already. chosen for himself. But I think that's an interesting, I think that's an interesting thing to bring. Interesting. Yeah, that's something I really picked up. Not just uh, a black man, but he is African. So I think it's really cool to that influence. His story. And something that brings out a, a prejudice in myself is when I'm used to seeing black, black being American, and then mm-hmm. you realize there's so much black in the rest of the world. Of mm-hmm. course, Africa and different countries, and Africa is a much a very big place. We have to think, like, Africa is just different all across the board. So it's not, you can't just say, oh, this person's from Africa. No, mm-hmm. this person specifically has Nigerian descent. It mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I really like the concept that, Edris played the, the British accent. Yes, they are in London, and he's showing that London itself is very diverse. I don't know if you've ever been to London yourself, but I've been to London many times. It's actually in my top three favorite cities in the entire world, That's and I've cool. been so many places. And the reason being is the diversity, which is overwhelming there, mm-hmm. and it's such a natural state of being. It's not, it's not something, as a person who comes from the United States, you mm-hmm. notice it, but it's not something that they put on display. It just is. That's amazing. And everyone just kind of is what they are, and everyone's right. getting along. Now, the rest of England, of course, is not like that, but mm-hmm. London itself is very, uh, such a mixed metropolitan. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. As far as Charlie himself, I like Charlie. Mm-hmm. He's a likable guy. This yeah. is a guy with a dream. It's a guy who we later find out has this hit record that didn't, you know, it didn't pan out for him. He has yeah. a one hit, 
and, and it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. It's such a big deal that Craig David knew the song. Yeah. As soon as he saw him, he's like, oh, oh, baby, baby, yeah. knows the song. <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I mean, I could, I get this character. I yeah. get it. Like, And it's just so real. And, and especially in entertainment, you kind of realize this could be it, one of us. You know? yeah. And so I just really liked the character. I liked level-headed, mm-hmm. but you can see passion for the dream. Mm-hmm. Saw that play when, you know, saw the ex-girlfriend. The, oh, they're not anymore. And then, so- <laughs> and he's got the small room. He's got the DJ booth set up. Yeah. And, and he's got all records. He's got the little twin bed. He has a little twin bed. He is the picture of a lot of people's hustle. Like, I saw his living. I immediately thought of all the people that I know are still pursuing. I thought that was another cool. I felt like it was um, pretty. I don't know if accurate is the right word, but I thought it was hustling. In the hustle, no matter what age you are. Right. No matter what age you are, you're digging for that goal. It's like, this is all you've got. Mm -hmm. That that was fun. And the living situation itself, living with auntie. Yes. (laughs) Have you ever been in a situation where you lived with like a family member like that? Uh, No, outside of my parents, I'm thankful that I haven't, but I love the relationship. And again, that portrayal, like for us as Americans, I feel like we more of not just color, but to see that that direct impact that um, you know the fact that they're from another country. I just loved the relationship with his aunt um, and just what she brings. Past hilarious. <laughs> she is, she's <laughs> very spoon. very realistic. It's a, a cultural aunt. I, I I have a mixed heritage background and. Mm-hmm. and that immigrant influence, which I know, like, my family's Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's a very familiar feel. It's that aunt that's just outspoken, does, this she is does my house, walks in, the, <laughs> walks in, does this, like, knock. Right. This is, I own this house. Yeah. Uh, and, and I really like the use of the word term auntie, because mm-hmm. especially if you are uh, of cultural descent, or even down south. Mm-hmm. I remember in Black Panther when... When Michael B. Jordan says, hi, auntie, and mm-hmm. every, the audience just, you felt it that charge. Mm-hmm. It resonated because it was something that we had not heard used in a familiar tone mm-hmm. before. And, and, and one of the things that I find, so outside of the living situation, is the concept that, yes, this is a, a quote-unquote cast of black actors, mm-hmm. but it's not the point of the show. Right. Being black isn't the point of the show, and it mm-hmm. doesn't play a, a dynamic role in it. This is a show about black people, not a black show. And, and that's something where it's like, this is just how people live. This is, right. And it's very reminiscent of the living situation and very reminiscent of London itself to me. Yeah. Paris. Paris, I didn't as a... Paris is not welcoming. Paris is not welcoming. The French love them. Not welcoming. It was not. And when I say love them, I hate them all. But they're so nice. I my uh uh, part of my life I grew up up in France, and then Mm -hmm. my brother is currently in Paris. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm very familiar with Paris, and and it's just very different than London. It's actually Mm -hmm. night and day in a lot of ways. But the living situation of Charlie being forty something, Mm -hmm. you know, and living at home basically is such a new age millennial idea uh-huh. yeah and it sits it sits well with a lot of 30 year olds that still live at home mm-hmm. who are looking to do so i'm it's gonna happen the break's gonna happen 
And they just keep trying. Well, anyone, I think, back to what you said, still part of that. They're still hustling. They still chase that dream. Like, I think that even if not a millennial anymore. <laughs> One of my favorite living situation circumstances was uh, when Charlie brought home Oh yes. Uh, uh, brought home D from the wedding. Mm-hmm. And he is someone like he's kind of I guess he's known, he's had some they've never had an intimate relationship mm-hmm. as far as I know, mm-hmm. but D's just waiting. Yeah. She's like she chooses him. He gets chosen basically because he's like me and she's like yeah, you. They go back, she goes to the auntie's house, goes to the little bed. They're on the bed about to get into it. Auntie comes in is like you need to keep it down. And then Dell is still on the Dell is on the on the little sofa thing yes. where they left during the day he was supposed to leave. He's like, I closed my eyes and I'm still here. Like I fell asleep basically. Yeah, I love that the the dynamic between reminds me of though so I'm as you know, I'm African American and I don't have that that direct connection culture like you guys. Sure. Um it just reminds me of my family situation back home over like just how important and it, and it goes back to what I feel that family is aspect of his life. So I thought it was hilarious and super related. It is. And you know what? We've seen this kind of dynamic. It's actually reminiscent of uh, Friday or Friday after next mm-hmm. between the ice cube and the Mike Epps character, Dell is very much the Mike Epps, you know, and just Good plays point. this place where Ice Cube is the straight guy, you know, for for the most part, and mm-hmm. then Mike Epps plays wild card. Yes. That's who Dell is. Dell is very much the wild card. He's one and of my favorites. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and let's talk about the characters. So the characters that we were introduced to in episode one, mm-hmm. uh, the the characters off the bat were, of course, Charlie, mm-hmm. who's the DJ main character the protagonist then we also see auntie auntie comes in the matriarch for the most part she is the matriarch of the family then we see Dell. Dell's the best friend so of these three who's your favorite so far um charlie auntie and Dell. i love i think Dell is hilarious but i have I have so many aunts that I'm really close to, and just that auntie relationship really resonates with me. And so, especially the accent. She has the accent. She has the accent. She yeah. has her spoon. It's it's her way. And I, I, my aunts are very, they're younger, they're more understanding, but it's very much her way. This is her house. So I think just because it reminds me of home, I'm going to go with the auntie. Auntie. I'm going to go with, you know, as much as I love Charlie, mm-hmm. as much as I love Charlie, great character, mm-hmm. as much as I love auntie, Amazing character. I'm gonna have to go with Dell. He's hilarious. The way Dell plays it, Goose Han plays it so natural, mm-hmm. and it's such a strong comic relief. Edris Alba and Goose Han remind me of a Laurel and Hardy mm-hmm. stick, where it's the straight, the straight man plays against the comedic mm-hmm. backdrop, the comic relief at all times, and it's just the funniest. It, 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 it it's I can only see it. Arising to more humorous and funny situations. Then we also get the characters, and this is important because then we see David, mm-hmm. the best friend, 
or, or the best friend best they grew up friend. they grew up with. Yes. Then there was a part when David moved to LA, mm -hmm. and you did the quotations. Why did you do the quotations? When, when she said best friend, I thought to myself there was nothing best friend that felt a, like this relationship didn't feel like a best friend. So I thought that was kind of random. Like really, he was your best friend. You haven't spoken to your best friend in x number of years like i have a best friend who lives across across the country but i still talk to her even if it's once every couple weeks so i don't know if that title still is still relevant i don't know when i heard it i thought oh, i think that's a stretch but they're close they, they were close are you in are, are you how far removed from college are you i've been out of school seven years okay so this is the what reason I bring this up. So okay. it's very admirable that you stay in contact with your best yes. friend across the country. I'm going to be honest. Maybe it's a guy thing. Like, my college friends, who I would consider my my closest friends, mm -hmm. I, I might not talk to them for three to six months at a time. Well, Easy. even that's more than years. Like, you may speak to them, what, four times a year? Nah. If you do three to six months, okay, three times a year. Birthdays, we. I'm counting the birthday text, the the Christmas text, and the once a year phone call. Uh, and, maybe and it's still, with guys. I just came I off. Of, I actually went to a wedding mm -hmm. this past weekend, in which it was people who were my cousins, people who were my closest friends mm -hmm. in life. We grew up together, mm -hmm. and I had not spoken to many of them mm -hmm. in a year or a little more. And, and you would so still call them your best friend? I, I would still have to say, I would have to use that affinity because of, because of, the, it's almost like you, you, you go beyond it to a family because you were there during mm -hmm. that, those intricate, intimate moments in life where it shapes your life the most. So things that I do now doesn't really shape me as a person as much as mm -hmm. it did between the ages of seven to 17. Mm -hmm. And, 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 or, you know, even from something like five to twenty-five, mm. that those were the years where those people who were there, I would feel the closest to. We have so much, so, so many memories. And if David falls into that category, which yeah. it seems that he did, mm -hmm. I could see how they could be such close friends. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if David ran into, I mean, if Charlie ran into issues, which clearly he did, like I can call my best friend and. She would help me in any way that she can. I think that's a that's a that is, this is going into the boundaries of uh, toxic masculinity where I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Oh well, you know, hey, maybe you can identify with Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, at that part, I actually I was like, I understand why because I, they had they grew up together. They grew up together. They were, they were probably best friends in elementary school, mm -hmm. middle school then uh, high school, going into uni mm -hmm. over there. So they were best friends. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, David made the split and went to LA. L.A., to Hollywood, and became a star. So now we see the, 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 the divergence of two, especially the dynamic of Charlie being the man mm -hmm. in high school and then David becoming the man in real life. Oh, there's, uh, there's a level of shame. Exactly. There's a, le a level, like, That's I won't fair. ask you because you used, I'm the one who used to be the... That's fair. I was the one, especially if I came out, I had the hit first. Mm -hmm. I had this for I had all this first, mm -hmm. and then you actually went on to become successful, mm -hmm. right? So, successful and prestigious. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we learn about David is that so his acting career has taken off, mm -hmm. but he's actually a very serious actor. We see he comes back to London to be in theater. Mm -hmm. We see him on the posters. He's got a very, he's got a very George Clooney mm -hmm. uh, career. Not he's not 
Well, there's there's a difference. George Clooney has a great career. He I mean, does. that's a person we take seriously he as does, an actor. Yes. So it's not like it's not like The Rock, who's also extremely famous. Mm -hmm. But we're not. We're when it comes to the two, The Rock is extremely popular, but George Clooney has the prestige. He does. And so, in a lot of ways, popularity can be just the slutty little cousin to prestige. <laughs> it's real though. So I could see him not being able to. Tell to to come, uh, to just Get that out. tell David like, hey, I'm going through this or I'm mm -hmm. going through that. It'll be interesting to see how Charlie grows and how that continues because you see him fighting his pride throughout both sure. episodes. So it'll be interesting to see how or if he overcomes that in this season or just in the series in general. So I'm excited to see. Yeah, and that's the thing we're looking for this character arc, right? Because mm -hmm. right now. It's kind of stagnant, but we can see where it's going. Mm -hmm. uh, we also meet Sarah. Mm -hmm. That's David's wife. She's an international DJ, basically a huge DJ. She is, she is the Tiesto. She's the Armin Van Buren. Mm -hmm. She is, you know, because she, she's not the Paris Hilton DJ. She's an actual she's acclaimed an actual, DJ yeah. where Charlie has memories of her before her and David, mm -hmm. where Charlie's like, I basically, I admire, I look up to you as an artist. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of Sarah? Um, I was a big fan of Sarah. You uh, were? Yeah, I, I like Sarah a lot. Um, I love the fact that she is a, a legitimate DJ. She appreciates the art. Um, and, and she's not just a trophy wife to David, but she is a professional, a working professional. So I love that just as a woman. Um, and also when it comes to the family dynamic, I like the fact that she was the disciplinarian in a way. Because uh, I feel like that's something we usually see it flipped. And I thought that was something that was really cool. And I, I identify with that, you know. So I actually like Sarah. Sarah's like... So, between David and Sarah, you're going Sarah. I would say she's flawed, but yes, I would say Sarah. And do you see them as a couple? I do. I think that, especially, like, growing up, we had one person that was harsher than the other in terms of a discipline, so I'm used to seeing that, that there's a Your one. mom? Your dad? My dad was my dad was the one. It was the strict one. <laughs> it was the strict one. Um, so I guess I'm. Key used came to, in the door. You were like, ah, oh, daddy's home. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm used to that dynamic. Sure. Um, but yeah, also just as a woman, I appreciate who Sarah is, and that's really the bigger thing for me, even more than the disciplinarian. But I love the fact that she's this working mom who takes her craft very seriously. So I I I like Sarah. I'm team Sarah. That's what's up. Were you team? Gabrielle. Now, Gabrielle, of course, is the, 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 is, the is the spawn of David <laughs> and Sarah. Is the spawn, and I say that because in a lot of ways she is a devil spawn. We come into we we meet her first, ridding herself of a nanny. Yes. Uh, this Croatian nanny whose whose vibrator she has decided to to snatch to snatch and, to the dog. and make sure to embarrass and humiliate something that yes. we see her use as a tool. Yes. Um, you know, I see her as a broken little girl, and this, I, I see everything that she does as a cry for help. She wants to be with her parents, so even though she does some despicable things and makes me want to uh, come in and correct her myself. Um, you would have auntie spooned her? I will 
wouldn't say that, but there you won't say it, some, but you would have done there it. Were, there was some disciplining that would have happened. I mean, I didn't even see her get punished. Like she didn't even get anything taken away. And she knew it. She right, knew she it. knew it. She knew it. Um, uh, because we see David and Sarah come to speak to her, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Sarah's gonna get mad, but watch." Yeah, David, as she explains it to Charlie. Right. Yeah. So we don't even see her get any so anything. Um, but we also see how she really just wants to be with her parents. Yeah. And because of that, I, I just see it as acting out. So I don't even see her as the spawn anymore. It's this little girl really wants to spend time with her parents. And unfortunately, they're both away. So I see her differently. Even now. when they're home, they're away. Even when they're home, and they're not And we see that present. constantly. We see that right, constantly. That's why she actually She does. reminds me of, is it the little, what's the, is 13 going on 30? The movie about the little girl and Brittany Murphy is the nanny. Becomes oh, the nanny. Uptown Girls. Uptown Girls. Oh, I love she that. reminds me of that little girl. Dakota Fanning. Exactly. The mm-hmm. the character type of the mom who's an executive mm-hmm. in that case and in this way is both parents are mm-hmm. are entertainment professionals and mm-hmm. she just wants attention in a way and is always passive aggressively expressing how the parents aren't there now. Me as a kid, I wish my parents weren't there. Like, I wish. <laughs> my parents were just home. They were always, like, there. They were always g- giving yeah, me opinions. I was like, bro, can I? Can you please stop giving me attention? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really over this love right now. Mm-hmm. I'm Like, I want you. Can't you just buy my love? <laughs> like, buy me presents. So you can put it in the drawer like she brother, She just puts it in the drawer. I'm like, yeah, you better keep that. Like, I want my parents to just... Here, mm-hmm. buy my affection. I'm for sale, mom and dad. Oh I'm gosh. tired of another hug. Like, oh. I get it. You love me, right? <laughs> so we see this character. Do you pity Gabrielle? Um, I, I do. Um, she has, her parents, she's a child. She doesn't understand that the reason her parents are working so hard and doing so much is to give her a better life. Um... And it's sad when all you see is being shut off. You can't be here. You can't do this. You can't do that. They're physically present, but emotionally they're not present. But she's not old enough to understand the dynamic and what's really going on. And so in that regard, I do pity her because there's so much more to this, and she's just too she's too young to understand. Do you think that she played it well? Like, was she the right actor for this role? There are some lines that I thought could have been delivered better, but... This kid's 11. What do you want, princess? Sheesh. I was about to say, she's Where, a child. You Meryl so Streep? Is... She's a child, so I you know, I give her a pass for that, but I mean, I thought she was fine. I, I actually thought she did a really good job, and, mm-hmm. and it there was something about her physical look mm-hmm. that it took me a, not... Not a second, but it just took me time to get accustomed mm-hmm. to her. And it was a harshness in her look. It's, mm-hmm. And she does have this very grown way. And I, I realized that that's just part of the portrayal of what they're trying to get out. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it could have been... I remember Dakota Fanning being like such a cute, just cute girl, but mm-hmm. also having this. But this girl has less of the... She's, she's cute, mm-hmm. but she's not as adorable. Mm-hmm. As I, I, for example, if you watch a show that's like this, uh, Mr. Belvedere Wesley mm-hmm. had this adorable character, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So this the bad kid who's secretly a good kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin had this adorableness too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel like she had that as much. Mm-hmm. However, I was a big fan of her acting. 
Thanks for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. If you didn't know, we do over 100 different after shows a week for your favorite TV series. We do it in podcast and video form, and it's never been easier to start your own podcast to get in with us and talk about the things you love. If you've ever thought about it, go to anchor.fm slash start to start your own podcast. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and super easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with sponsors who want to advertise on your show and get you paid right away. Doing over 100 shows a week, but it makes it so much easier to be able to cut out things that we want to cut out and insert things that we want to insert to make the show the quality that you, the fans, deserve. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start. That's anchor.fm start to join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I thought she acted very well. Mm-hmm. She just did so, so strong, and it was so good. Yeah, she's only going to go, grow from here. She's The character is 11. I'm not sure how old the actual actress is, but, you know, to be on a Netflix series, that's amazing. So she's only going to grow yeah, from she was. Gr- I, I just thought she was great. She played it so well. And by the second episode, I, I did find her adorable. Uh, through her... <laughs> her actions Mm -hmm. more so than her demeanor let's talk about the wedding because that was kind of the two things that played out were the wedding Mm -hmm. and of course edris uh, charlie being with gabrielle Mm -hmm. in the first run so let's talk about those two things and finish up episode one Mm -hmm. uh the wedding here Um, here charlie's the dj at this wedding he has an event yes and he's the wedding dj at that um I, there are a couple of things I loved about it. I'm going back to the cultural elements. I love how present that was. Um, and I just love just seeing it on, on screen. Um, but yeah, I think that's the moment when I truly felt for Charlie and I got to see his um, his pride and his, his shame on display. Mm. So for me, that was a really big moment. I got to see who Charlie is and learn more about who he's pretending to be. Because not until episode two, we see him with this record in the background lying to his parents. But at this point, that's when I'm, I feel like, okay, now I get who Charlie is. That's, that's, I, I love that observation. That's mm-hmm. a great way to put it. I, I, the things that I took away were, of course, when the ex showed up and then David's asking questions about that. I'm like, oh, you guys, oh, look who's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys thinking they're going to be together. So- and then, <laughs> of course, she's already, she's moved on to the point where she's married. Mm-hmm. She's married. <laughs> he shows up and it's like, boom. Mm-hmm. And then, and secondly, of course, uh, when D who we find out peed in her pants when she was oh, <laughs> in yes. church when she was like three, <laughs> and and auntie brings up everything he's ever done oh. uh, when she calls him. But I see the dynamic between a group of friends who mm-hmm. have drifted apart but still have these memories that are strong, and it really did show I agree with you mm-hmm. regarding Charlie and his character. The second part that showed Charlie's character, in my opinion, was, of course, when Charlie is left... Mm-hmm. with uh, Gabriel because David has an audition mm-hmm. call run where he's going to do a run with uh, with a you know acclaimed actor and he goes off and basically leaves Gabriel in the dressing room he's mm-hmm. like can you watch her and that to me the way he handled that Charlie mm-hmm. handled hanging out with this kid and kind of bringing her down to his level in a good way mm-hmm. I thought that was really telling of who he was and how sweet he was and I think for for Gabby too, I think that's when we got to see 
who she is. Like, what's her problem? She's not this demon child, but she's really broken and really hurt. Hurt. So I think that was a really important. We see her in the her dressing too. room, just sitting on the chair, mm-hmm. and we see her saying little things like. Mm-hmm. She was. I remember she was actually crying, or she was about to cry, but that's when we see. Okay, now I understand. Uh, what's going on here and how we got to see her be emotional which I think was really important for us to see yeah and she wants to just uh, she wants to show she wants to show the uh, show them the, her outfit and things like that mm-hmm. and they're just too busy and then they pay Charlie they pay Charlie at the end mm-hmm. and Charlie basically that's the first payola he takes to be the nanny mm-hmm. and he's in it for his reasons going into second uh, episode two Charlie as a nanny mm-hmm Episode two was a lot more straightforward. Uh, there was a point to episode two. It was, it was just straight, like, this is how it is. <laughs> so, what did you think of episode two, overall thought? Um, I think for episode two, it was good to kind of see... I think it was good to see that switch in Gabby and see her transform from, transform from oh, you're my dad's friend, to oh you're a nanny, you're just another employee, well now I'm going to make you miserable. Um, I I thought it was interesting to kind of see, again, once, how much that affects her and what's, again, that's what's really driving her. Um, So yeah, I I, I like to see that switch and to see, okay, again, now I understand another level of Gabby. It was. It it was the switch. Mm -hmm. The switch where it's like, now you're the nanny, you're getting paid to hang out with me. Mm Mm-hmm. This is who I'm... And we all know the kids that torment the babysitter. That's that's the archetype. That, mm-hmm. That's like such a... It's cliche. It's been done. But I like the way they did it. Mm-hmm. I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Charlie becomes the nanny. Once again, talking about pride and his shame. He doesn't want to do this, but he just... He creates a justification that we all know is pretty far-fetched. <laughs> is that because he'll be nannying, he'll basically mm-hmm. be there, and then Sarah's, he's going to come up with the song idea, and then Sarah's going to play it, it's going to mm-hmm. go number one, and he's going to be back on top. You know, it, I don't think that it was just about the opportunity. I do believe that Charlie cares about David, And I I do believe that, yes, he wants to further his career, and yes, he needs the money, but I do think that there's a a level to him that actually cares, because when he did turn down the money, he didn't have to. He could have been like, thank you. Let me know when you need me again. Um, But he took it, eventually. Eventually took it, but she also kind of, like, forced it on him and then left the room, in a way. So I will say that even though, like, he is the manny, um, I do think that that Charlie does care about his friend and his daughter. And I think that, at least I hope, that we would see more of that in the season. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to have to wait to see, because mm-hmm. I do think that it's more about the opportunity and the money at this point. Because he's not the child-rearing type, as Auntie points out, he's as not. he says. Uh, this is probably the first prolonged interaction he's had mm-hmm. with the child in that regards Mm -hmm. and you can tell just the way he handles her deals with her Mm -hmm. he just doesn't really know what he's doing when it comes to kids I mean yeah she's a preteen which is scary middle school kids are scary (laughs) Um, but then also you said that with experience like I I, I, yeah Um, but I think on the other side of it too is it's also 
his relationship, he's, I, I think he understands, like, the seriousness of this role. Like, he's literally getting paid. Like, yes, this is his friend, but he's also getting paid to watch a child. And that can be pretty daunting. So, I don't know. From experience. <laughs> we also see another sense of source of pride and shame when Charlie's parents Skype. Mm-hmm. And we get that. It, it's a funny interaction. It's it's very, like, foreign an immigrant parent, and I liked it a lot. But you see him, he sets up so it looks like he's in an office. He's wearing a sh- shirt with a tie, even though he has no pants on with the desk, yes. and he's having a conversation, and he doesn't bring up the breakup. Mm-hmm. He doesn't bring up not having a job. He doesn't bring up DJ. He even offers to send money home because now that he has the nanny gig, mm-hmm. he thinks that he can do so. This is really nitpicky, but I thought it was so weird that no one spoke in the video he was yelling at people but there was you heard nothing in response again this is nitpicky but i was like what is happening here you you mean when he was acting like the like, other co-workers yeah like he was saying oh get me coffee or no i'm on a call like it, it was just weird. i thought there that was, was cute because there that's was no response. You, you've never done that when you're on the phone you're like oh oh yeah hey what's up bro Oh, yeah, that's all. I've never done that. I would rather just ignore the call. You've never done that to swerve someone? Where you got to swerve someone? If I know who's calling, I'm just not going to answer. Oh, man, that's great. But he has this charade that he's keeping up. I just thought it was hilarious that his aunt wasn't playing, Del wasn't playing. It was just... It was just him. It was all him. And we all kind of... I feel like we all do that where we cover up things for... When it comes to our family or friends. That's true. That's what IG stories really are. That's why we use filters. We use filters. This was just like a real filter. This was like a filter 2.0. Yes, it was. We had a a fake. And what do you think about his parents? What do you think about Charlie's parents? Um, I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting because I'm sure at some point in in the series or, I I don't know, I think at some point in the series it will come out. Um, And I think that, just the vibes that I got. I just feel like they actually are supportive, and I think that he might be... Just, like, with fear in general, sometimes we just blow things out of proportion, mm. so we just become super panicky, and we feel like mm. we have to go through all these lengths, when really, if we just told the truth or we just faced our fear, it wouldn't be that bad. Strong. So I, I feel like at some point, hopefully, he will have to tell them the truth, and they're going to come and support him and love him. It's, it's not going to be as bad as he thought. That's amazing. That's a, such a strong point. In point. You're wrong. I disagree completely. 100%. Uh. This is when you have to have immigrant parents, right? Okay. Okay. He has to lie to them. Listen, they're the never going to support. He's not a doctor, lawyer, engineer. They still already don't like him. And he's doing all this. If he comes out and tells them the truth, he's donezo. Dad might disown him. But the okay? auntie is there. Yeah, but the auntie, they disowned her. They were just like, yo, don't end up like your auntie. Basically, I mean, they, they, they went they, off they on everybody shady. else in that family as well. So shady. mom and dad aren't improving of any alternative we'll lifestyle, whether it's professionally, emotionally, anything. We'll They're not an open-minded group of people. We'll They're not going to support him in his endeavors. They're going to basically yeah. remind him how he is not doing anything. But they already supported the fact that he is in the music industry and he was a performer. So they, they did are- not. <laughs> they thought it was a pipe dream. They acted like it was a pipe dream. But here they are. Here we are in real life and they think that he's this great executive. So... Clearly, they're accepting of alternative choices in some regard because yeah. he's not a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Exactly. 
So, so they're already like two steps ahead. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I, I disagree. I think they're going to call him out. I think they're going to call him out. Okay. At the party. They go to the party. Uh, and the party is, of course, he's a Manny. Mm-hmm. Gabriel convinces Sarah to take her, mm-hmm. like, so she can go, because she's used to going to these parties. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah's like, you can come. Charlie's going to be your Manny. Yep. What do you think of that? Um, it was, there's a movie I used to watch regularly called Problem Child. Um, Problem Child. Ooh, good call. Yes, and all of the subsequent sequels. Um... It reminded me of that, and to me, I just thought the entire scene was hilarious because I used to love that movie. And in Problem Child, once again, he had brokenness, and he was acting out, and it just, it was just, this episode should have been named Problem Child to me. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I mean, I, I liked the party scene. Mm-hmm. I, I liked how he was supposed to be watching her. And she disappears, mm-hmm. and the mom comes. It's like, what is that? <laughs> She's like rolling a blunt, and I liked, uh, I liked the character. What was her name with the curly hair? She was, oh. she was one of my favorite. I, I, I that's yeah. actually that's my jam. Yeah. That's my jam. My jam is women of color who are professionals who have curly hair. I don't know what it is. I'm just, I, I love them. Everyone who watches an Afterbus show <laughs> and knows me on a panel knows that's my jam. Mm-hmm. It's totally my jam. I love her. And she was like, if you treat her like a kid, she'll act like a kid. Mm-hmm. Treat her like an adult, she'll respond like an adult. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between episode one and episode two. Mm-hmm. Is in episode one, Charlie acted almost in an adult way, even yeah. to the point where he gave her the demanding shirt. But mm-hmm. as soon as it became a job, he started catering. And that's that was true. the difference, that cater. That's and true. I feel like if he didn't cater, mm-hmm. if he was like, listen, kid, this is what I want, and mm-hmm. you're going to help me, and I like you, but this is this is why yeah, I need it, she her. would understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think also not just catering, but even, um, you know how people talk to babies with this baby voice? Exactly. It's really not necessary. Unnecessary. Well, actually, the reason why babies respond, they respond to higher pitched voices. That's just a... The higher, the, the higher, but people but aren't still. thinking about that. They're just thinking, sure. oh, it's a baby, or it's a puppy, or whatever. I need to talk with this tiny voice. Um, I, I agree with you. That was the difference, and I noticed that as, as well. Yeah. So I agree with you. I'm on the same page. And I love the fact that she was like, listen, there's no alcohol in this. It's about the illusion. It's about making her feel like an adult, even though we know that she's not. I thought that was so smart, and I want to see more from that character because I think she has a lot of wisdom to bring She does. She, she, she came out, and, and there's this archetype of a character is this old black woman or an old black character who comes mm-hmm. in and just knows everything, you know, the wise character. She comes off that and she's young mm-hmm. and professional and has things to say to the point where she was giving her, uh, she, the character was giving Gabrielle the drinks mm-hmm. and we thought they were alcoholic and we find out she's like, there's no alcohol in them. Yeah. I just made her feel like an adult. So smart. And, and that was a smart way to handle it and I hope that Charlie picks up on that note. Mm-hmm. So we also have that party. Now, Let's go to the concept of Gabriel getting rid of Charlie. Mm-hmm. Basically, within 24 hours, she, she basically... Two things happened to do so. After the party, because of her shenanigans at the party where she basically pours foam on everyone at an inopportune time. Mm-hmm. She, she, in a disappointing manner, everyone's kind of upset at her for mm-hmm. what she did, especially Sarah. And... Charlie takes, instead of going back to her house, Charlie takes 
Gabriel to his house, mm -hmm. to Auntie. And Auntie's not having it. And, and she, Auntie tries. She did. She did. She tried. She did. She tried and she was like, what is this? Fufu. Fufu, of course, being a traditional dish. Mm -hmm. She spit it out. Very disrespectful. And this is after Auntie had mentioned, you know, you get beat. Like, mm -hmm. I would beat a kid. Mm -hmm. And so, Auntie's having a conversation, speaking to her in a very nice manner. Mm -hmm. And Charlie says something that's actually kind of profound. It's like, being a bitchy and rude is not being real mm -hmm. or, or something being respectable. Mm hmm it's not what being an adult is about. It, it, it isn't. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe yeah. I should learn that lesson, but <laughs> maybe I, I mean, one day, I don't know, maybe. What I took away from that scene is everything that Gabby said, I hope that David did not say. I hope she just made it up. No, no, no. I felt like, okay, felt so. like David actually said it? Gabby says, Gabby says that David basically says Charlie lost all his money because he wasted his money on drugs and women, mm -hmm. that he's a one-hit wonder, and that he's a loser, and that he's, that he's giving him this opportunity because okay. he's poor. Mm -hmm. And Gabby is telling the truth. Why do you think Gabby's telling the truth? Do you really because think Gabby comes off and says, you always told me not to lie. Mm -hmm. So this is stuff, this is the things that people, kids pick up when parents don't think their kids are paying attention. Mm -hmm. Kids pick up and they regurgitate this information. Mm -hmm. This is, she picked that up. I mean, she could have picked that up and made all these connections without having heard that because she doesn't know the depth of her father's relationship with Charlie. So it also could be, I observe all these things and these are the assumptions that I'm making with my negative mindset. Sure. That, I, I don't know. He could have said it. He could have he said, said it. it. David never, ever denies he doesn't say, I never said that, Gabby. Why would you say that? That's a good he, point. He, and then he calls Charlie at the end. The phone's ringing, and it's David, and Charlie just doesn't answer. But we don't know why he why called he because called. he felt bad. It was the guilt call. I mean, he could have been calling to be like, hey, I'm sorry that my child is, you know. The devil? She's having issues. Mm. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just really hope that David didn't say that I maybe feel like, he did I feel like he did I, I feel like he, he did and it sounds like something someone would say mm -hmm. when not realizing especially it's listening. not even so much as realizing but remember the dynamic between them is Charlie was the man now mm -hmm. David's the man mm -hmm. and even though they are b best friends sometimes that competitive edge mm -hmm. and spirit comes out and you become frenemies with your own best friend mm -hmm. and you try to figure out who's better or who does things or who was the one yeah but he didn't have to hire Charlie. Uh, like, he didn't have to, but he kind of did. The Croatian quit, and Charlie was there, and Charlie found, and and they, Gabriel got got along. That is, they could have found. You know, he didn't have to throw him a bone. I think even if he did throw him a bone, it, it, I feel like there's something emotionally there because he could have hired anybody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, something we we touched on at the party. Just just the way Gabby is mm -hmm. when. She spits out truth at the wrong time, right? So Craig David comes over mm -hmm. and says hi to her, says hi to Gabby, and then Charlie introduces himself. Mm -hmm. Craig automatically recognizes who he is, like, oh, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. And Charlie decides to undermine, I mean, Gabriel decides to undermine that by saying he's a nanny, he's lost all his money, now he gets paid to watch me, mm -hmm. and that's all he is. 
and she's telling the truth. She's just telling op- the truth that she's. Time. She's telling the truth that she's observed. She doesn't know that much about Charlie to be able to say the full story. She's looking at the things that she's. Was observed. she wrong? She wasn't wrong, but she's still looking at. Saying. She's taking it off of. It's based on observation, not on what she knows. It's the truth. She's a very smart child. She even she, mentions that she has an IQ of one thirty, which is nice. Still, Could be a little higher. She's whatever I meant. They observe things and, and draw conclusions without knowing the full picture, without knowing the full story. She's a sponge. So, uh, anything else about episode two which we didn't touch on? Um. And Dell was hilarious again. Once again, the comic relief, Ani, Dell, absolutely, just being there the way they yeah, did. Great I, acting, great. I, I like the script. Yeah. Simple, but still uh, a unique play on an archetype, mm-hmm. an visual archetype. Yeah, I'm just excited to see where the series goes and how. Uh, I'm sure Charlie's going to end up going back to be the Manny. Um, so I'm excited to see that and also to see, they did say she's going to start school, so excited to see what that looks like as well. Well, it's going to be interesting. I, I agree that mm-hmm. Manny has to go, what, what else is the pro- point of the show? Right, right? As of right now, somehow. It's so that, the connection how is that going to happen? Those <laughs> it's the age-old adage, you know, who's the boss, 2019. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's jump into uh, your news segment, which mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. What, what is the special news that you would love to discuss? Yeah, so Idris just had his directorial debut. He had his first movie called Yardy. Yardy. Yes, Yardy. Uh, like the yardstick or stomp the yard, just with an IE at the end. Um, sure, but it's it's in relation to the uh, Yardies are like, kind of like British hoodlums in a way. Insight. So So it's like Insight. Yardy. Insight. So that's the concept. It's a Yardy. It's, I didn't it's a know that. it's a British term. Yes. Well, his first uh, first movie that he directed just premiered on Friday. It's called Yardy. So just check your local listings now. Now that I know, it's like, oh, that's that's really interesting. I didn't know it was a British term. But yeah, I'd like to. I'm excited to see more from him. Um, and I'm, I'm based on what I've read and just based on the fact that he was a DJ. I'm sure he had a lot to say in the music department. Um, but yeah, that was his directorial debut. Friday, yeah. 50? So yeah, so it's um, just to expand more on the term yardy because I was looking for something very specific. Mm-hmm. It is a reference to a Jamaican Caribbean diaspora, mm-hmm. like the expat that uh, basically refers to a person of Jamaican origin, and the term is derived from the Jamaican patois for home or yard. So mm-hmm. that's what they call uh, that's what they call homies in in oh, Britain. It's, it's like yardy. yardy. And, and it's because it's now. like the people. It's, mm-hmm. and, but it's res- respectively towards Jamaican or Caribbean mm-hmm. descent. That there that there is a group of mm-hmm. the diaspora in Great Britain, in that's London cool. specifically. And so that's where the term Yardie comes from. Mm-hmm. And then in a lot of ways it also means a hood because Yardies mm-hmm. also are the ones who, back to the stereotype of drug trafficking mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like both gangster and friendly. So homie, homie, very similar. I will be careful connotation. when I use it. <laughs> okay. Any other news? Um, no, that's all that I have for for the segment. <laughs> well, it's great to have that news segment. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're gonna do a special segment really quick, and our special segment is going to be the the part of the show that made you go ha ha. <laughs> it is the ha moment. What ha. was the ha moment for you? Um, ha as in like. Uh-huh. It could be any any any, any way you determine the ha. Any ha. Um, I think the ha moment for me was when Gabby 
started talking about um, she just started complaining about her, how her, her parents weren't there. To me, that was the, I'm guessing, the ha is in, ah, oh, that's that's what this is about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, that's when I realized, oh, that's what this series is about. And that's who I think Charlie's going to be in her life. Well, so I mean, that, that arc is definitely a play. Mm -hmm. mine, mine was when Del was still in the room mm -hmm. and Auntie came in and, and Charlie was with D and Del was still there and I was like, ha! Ah. Uh -huh. I mean, it just stuck out in my mind and made me think about it. Well, let's jump into predictions. As we get into predictions of what is going to happen on Turn Up Charlie, we've kind of touched on it throughout the the show, but what are some predictions, Princess? Um, I think that, obviously, like I just said, um, I think that Charlie is going to become that figure in Gabby's life, but I think he's also going to somehow find a way to relay to the parents, hey, your daughter is really missing some quality time with you guys, and she really needs that. Um, I also think there's going to be a moment when he will have to confront his parents and confront his truth. Uh, and I also think that I'm excited to see what happens between him and the co-worker, the lady with the with the faux alcohol. Um, I think that, that there's was, something, right? There was right, like that, a spark. That, that there relationship was something. was introduced for a reason. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that and just get more wisdom from her because she's obviously like has so much insight into this situation. So I want to get more tea from her and also see what happens to them. And if I had to go all the way, all the way there, I think they may, you know, grow into a relationship and he may suddenly have this desire for kids. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to go with... <laughs> I'm going to have to go with, number one, I like, the, of course, the arc. Mm -hmm. We need a redemption of yes. some sort. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens... What happens between, um, what happens with uh, uh, um, Charlie and David? Mm -hmm. That's kind of mm -hmm. up in the air. That's David true. calls, Charlie doesn't answer. I think that Charlie goes back to work. Mm -hmm. I think that later on, Charlie does get the moment to shine. I don't think Sarah takes him seriously as a DJ. Mm -hmm. Even though Sarah did downplay her own accomplishments, as, as Gabby pointed did out. do, yeah. But uh, I think... He has that moment where he gets to shine as a DJ in front of her, mm -hmm. and it becomes something more. Mm -hmm. And I also think that I, I think that Dell is going to play a more dynamic role than I he has so. been. And I do like the idea of those two, uh, uh, Charlie and the coworker, mm -hmm. getting along. I hope that happens as well. Well, that's what it is. This is for our show, Princess. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Yes, I'd like to be found on the internet, on Instagram. On the internet. <laughs> on the internet. Find her on the internet, people. Yes, you guys can find me on She's Instagram. She's a yardie. At Princess Carol TV. I'm also on after shows for The Voice and World of Dance. Well, I'm going to definitely check that out. I am Tehran, in case you didn't know, but literally at I am Tehran, <laughs> all across the board. That's I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. Catch me on a, also on a slew of other After Buzz after shows and... Every Monday and Thursday at 10 p.m. at the Laugh Factory. I'd love to see you guys there. We're going to be talking more Turn Up Charlie at the same time next week. Same Turn Up Charlie time. Same Turn Up Charlie channel. Thank you all so much for being a part of us. We love all of you. Please comment, share, and subscribe below. And let your friends know we are talking Turn Up Charlie. If you love Edris Alba as much as we do, you will be right here. Catch you guys 
next week.